0: Are you sick and tired of feeling stuck? I know it's not a fun place to be because I've been there. And the good news is you don't have to stay there. There is a way out and I'm going to give it to you right now. You can get back in the driver's seat of your life, stop self-sabotage, and discover the clarity you need to move forward with ease. Does that sound like something you need? If it does, I want you to run don't walk, but virtually run over to karenfreeland.com forward slash six hyphen secrets. That's forward slash six hyphen secrets today and get my six secrets to get unstuck. It's totally free and it will get you one step closer to living a life you love. Welcome to Rock Your Reinvention, the show for high-achieving career women who refuse to settle for mediocrity and aren't afraid to take bold action. This is a place where you can authentically show up, where every dream and goal can be validated and achieved. Hi, I'm your host, Karen Freeland, a certified life reinvention coach, speaker, and award-winning author. I'm here to give you the tips, tools, and strategies to help you shift your mindset, build your confidence, and take meaningful actions so you can rock your reinvention. Ready to go from stuck to thriving? Let's go. Welcome back, friends. I am so pumped about this episode. I want to thank everyone on LinkedIn who voted for this topic. I appreciate you weighing in, and I'm excited that this won the most votes because it was a topic that I really have been wanting to talk about. So today, I'm going to be giving you a peek behind the curtain of my life coaching practice and sharing the four reasons why the women I coach say they are leaving the organization they work for, which in turn is probably why women are leaving your organization. Now, I'm not going to be sharing anything that would be considered a breach of privacy or any identifying details. Client trust is paramount to me. So I never share names or things that are obvious about who the person is. I will also say there's an exception to every rule. So when I share some of the reasons that a lot of women are leaving the workforce because of, it does not mean that every single woman obviously feels that way. Um, That would be a ridiculous generalization. However, I am going to make some generalizations today based on what I'm seeing in my practice. I did not do a scientific study here with a control group or anything of that nature. So this is not statistically significant, but I definitely think it is speaking to how women are feeling and what the workforce is feeling right now. So I'm sharing what I hear time and time again from the women that ask me to help them make their corporate exit plan. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's dive in. So the first reason... That women are leaving your organization is that you are not providing them with meaningful work. Yes, I'm going to say that again. They're bored. They're under, underutilized and they feel defeated. They need more meaningful work. I had a client recently tell me that the leaders she supports don't want her thinking strategically. They just want her to make pretty PowerPoints. Okay, of course I have to laugh here because anyone who has been following my story or knows me knows how much I hate PowerPoints. I share in my book, Grab Life by the Dreams, that there was no way I was put here on earth to make PowerPoints to justify my existence to others. And yet there's a whole load of women professionals that are seen as the PowerPoint bitch. Sorry, I have no other way to say that right? Well, guess what? We have a lot more to offer than just making PowerPoints. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people out there who love making PowerPoints, and that's awesome. But for those of us that don't, and that becomes the lion's share of our work, we are bored. We need something more challenging and strategic to do. And so when we don't get that, guess what? We start to look elsewhere. I also had a woman come to me. She's in a senior marketing role. And I quote, these are her words, not mine. I love it. She goes, this work is just stupid. It's not going to have any impact. It's stupid. Again, it's so relatable. How many of your people feel like they're doing work that is just simply a check the box, but it's not really adding any value, right? We're busy for busy's sake. And it's impacting their personal lives, which we'll get to in one of the future reasons that people are leaving. But we've got to be doing work that we think is meaningful and enriching. Speaking of stupid work, I'll use an example from my own corporate career. I was working at an energy company and we had a EV charger product roll out globally. And they were asking us to put together the local marketing plan. And I'm like, oh, I'll stick it in a newsletter and I'll mention it here. But I'm really not going to do much because it doesn't impact my region. Well, I get the call from my boss that's like, Karen, we need email blasts going out and this and that. And I just straight up fought back. I mean, fought, right? I just spoke up. I was direct. I was like, I, I don't think that that's a very good idea. This isn't going to make an impact. I'm not pulling my team off of this. And then I got the very curt words. was like, Karen, have you ever heard of a JFDI? And I was like, no, what is that? She's like, just freaking do it there was no freaking, that was not the word she used. Okay. So a JFDI is like, Karen, this is a check the box. I want to be able to go back to leadership and tell them we did X, Y, and Z. And if you don't do this, you're insubordinate basically was the message I got. And I was like, okay, okay, fine. I will do this. Check the box work. And of course my team was rolling their eyes, but I'm like, look, it's a JFDI. Apparently this is right now I've adopted the the lingo. And We lost 40 subscribers from our email database that day because we sent the email. But hey, we got to tell leadership, this is what we did. So again, this is not meaningful work. That's what I'm talking about. And women are just getting sick of it. They're like, I'm underutilized. You could pay any, you don't need to pay me this amazing, great salary to sit here and just freaking do whatever it is that you dream up. If you don't want me to think strategically and you don't want me to understand my domain and have some responsibility with it, then why am I here? And we start asking those questions, and that's when we start to look elsewhere. So next time you have a one-on-one with your team member, make sure you ask her if she feels her work is meaningful. Ask if there's anything else she'd like to learn or try. Ask her if there's anything she's being asked to do that doesn't make sense From her vantage point, when you start opening up those conversations, you may find that your team is bored or underutilized or that they have some really great ideas that they're sitting on because they don't feel like they can bring them to fruition. There's got to be some more give and take, and there's got to be that meaningful work. All right. Reason number two that your female employees are leaving you is you're making them come back to the office. And I will just say, thank you. Thank you, corporations, because you are keeping me fully booked. Okay, but for real, a lot of working women, and mind you, this is not just moms, okay? I get this from all kinds of women. They do not want to come back to the office. They do not want their freedom and their flexibility taken away. COVID had a silver lining, right? This was a huge blessing for a lot of women because they suddenly had more life-work harmony. They got to go to their kids' baseball games and watch their daughters' field hockey tournament. They got to do some laundry during the day so they weren't up all night in these crazy hours trying to run a household. They got to step away at lunchtime and go make something healthy in their kitchen. In lieu of a really long commute, they got to wake up and work out. And now all of this is just going down the drain because somebody decided we got to bring them all back into the office. Well, newsflash, we're not going back. So COVID taught us life is too short. Tomorrow is not promised. And some things like family are more important than a paycheck and a corner office. And that doesn't mean that we're not dedicated to our work. It just means that Work has a place in our life and it's not number one. And it shouldn't be anyone's number one. And by the way, the hybrid thing, not really working either. I have three clients right now in hybrid situations and two of them are looking to exit corporate altogether. And one is looking for a 100% remote role. So don't just think that, oh, well, I only make them come in two or three times a week. Not good enough. So you might want to think twice before calling Everybody back to the office. And look, if somebody wants to come back, let them give them that option. That's amazing. Some people do need that kind of camaraderie. Some people want to get out of their house, men and women. But by forcing this and making it mandatory and then, oh, checking the people's badge scans, I mean, come on. Are we not adults? I'm so confused. No one wants that kind of oversight in their life. And look, if you're a leader, and you're struggling to manage a remote team, that's on you. Get some support. That's a skill that you can develop. I, mean, I don't mean to be so direct, but like, don't punish us or make it a, a problem for us because you don't know how to get people to execute on your vision and tasks without being in the office face-to-face. And if you've got people who can't get their work done then they're not the right people for the job. It doesn't mean they're going to be more productive when they come into the office. We've got to think about this differently, but this mandatory pulling people back to the office, it's forcing the hand and these women are deciding to leave. Number three, the third reason why people are leaving is because there is no room for advancement. Women still aren't seeing the opportunities to grow in their department or in their company overall. Have you seen and I don't know if anyone has but I think this is great reading for everyone. The 2023 Deloitte Women at Work report. So fascinating. 44% of respondents reported that they experienced harassment and or microaggressions in the workplace over the past year. Think about that. 44%, that's almost half. That's insane. So while your DEI and I team that you stood up is a wonderful check the box, it looks really good on your annual report, well done, it's not translating. You're you're saying, "Hey women, we value you," but in reality, that's not what we're experiencing. We're getting harassed and we're being talked over in meetings and we have these microaggressions that are making us feel like we don't belong. Right? That's that's not that's what we're experiencing. And so perception is reality. I mean, you can say it all you want, but if it doesn't translate into actions and how the organization um, really is, and, and then it, it is inclusive, it's irrelevant. It, it has no impact. So, guess what? We're sick of your DNI lip service. I mean, how many times have you heard, oh, yes, we really value women? And it's a panel of five male leaders on stage at the company all hands meeting. I believed you the first two years because, you know, we get it. It takes some time to move things around and to shift hiring practices and change the culture. But this has been going on for years and we're now calling BS. And so the women are going elsewhere. We're starting our own companies where we're the CEO and we get paid what we are worth. We're going to work for female founders and nonprofits. I have a client right now who is working on her exit plan and interviewing with a world-renowned foundation. I had another client tell me recently that a trusted mentor of hers told her she should be happy where she is in the organization because she makes a lot of money. So just, just sit there and be happy. And P.S. She knows that several of her male counterparts are making twenty dollars to $30,000 more than she is. How is that? showing me that I'm valued? How is that showing me that there is room for me to grow with this company? And I get it. Not every department can just make new roles or opportunities. I mean, sometimes you're going to hit a ceiling. There is an opportunity then for organizations to get creative, to come up with different rewards, or maybe a title bump, or a pay bump, or something. But you've got to ask yourself, how can I continue to motivate my talent and keep them engaged? if they are at a ceiling, if there is nowhere for them to go. And in some cases, maybe it's just time for that woman to move on. You know, you might want to have your bench warmed up. So get ready for that. Get them in the bullpen now. Start warming them up because the women are starting to realize, hey, this is the boys club. There's no room for me to advance here. I'm outie. And number four, the fourth reason why people are leaving, especially your female talent, is bad leadership. Yeah, I said it. I mean, I don't know how some people become managers. And well, that goes for both genders because not all bad bosses are are men. Oftentimes they are men because there's no, we just got done talking about how there's no advancement. Women aren't making it to the top, but it really doesn't matter. I, I get my fair share of horror stories that are males and my fair share of female bosses. It's not right but it sure does make for some interesting stories. And I'm going to share a couple of those with you now. One of my newer clients told me recently that the new head of their department came in and told her entire team that they're a group of underperformers and he doesn't see why he needs their team. (laughs) What? Who says that? Maybe his goal was to demotivate and push everyone out so that he doesn't have to fire them. I mean, that's a strategy. That's one way to do it. How on earth do you expect anyone to get behind you and to want to work and want to show up with any level of happiness or enthusiasm when that's your first introduction? This, unfortunately, is not my only horror story. Go back to my days in corporate and I had a senior VP once introduced me to the leadership team. It was my first day coming to the staff meeting as what was supposed to be a peer. And he was like, I don't really know why marketing is gonna be reporting into me. I don't really understand marketing, so I can't really help this much, but that's how they wanna do it in the other region. So that's what we're gonna do here. So I guess Karen's gonna be coming to some of these meetings now. All right, Karen, do you wanna say anything? Thanks for welcoming to the me to the team. It's great to be here. I mean, I was mortified. I wanted to, well, I wanted to say a lot of things. I wanted to do a lot of things that I didn't do. I just sat there and smiled and was like, you know, try not to cry. Try not to feel like shit again. It was just mind-blowing that someone would welcome you to the team in that manner. And yet it happens all the time. I'm amazed I didn't speak up, but you know, as women, we are so taught to appease and go along with it. Don't make waves. You'll be seen as a troublemaker, right? Why? Why why am I a troublemaker? Because I deserve some respect because there's a way to actually treat human beings that is decent and caring and welcoming. It is just so mind-blowing. So, I mean, talk about bad leadership. No one is going to execute and follow your vision or stay for the long term if this is how you're leading. I mean, people will in the short term because they need a job, right? They just excuse it and they hush-hush it, so it becomes a part of the culture. But everyone is looking for new opportunities, and no one's really invested in the charge. So while you've got bodies in seats, they're not committed to what you're doing. And that's why performance lacks. And I think so much of this is coming from the leader themselves because they're under so much pressure. They're stressed out and burnt out beyond belief and they can no longer regulate themselves. So if you can't regulate yourself, how are you going to regulate others? Right? Like if you're a stressed out leader That is going to trickle down to your management team, which is going to trickle down to the next level, to the next level, all the way down to the front line. So you take your stress out on everyone else. And this is what we call mismanaged stress. And my clients come to me all the time and they don't have a term for this, but they're explaining how their boss has changed and how now their boss is treating them this way. And I'm like, look, you can't take this personally. This is mismanaged stress. They do not know how to regulate themselves. And at some point, the women in your organization are realizing that they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. So they just say, screw it. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go somewhere that's a lot less toxic. But here's the problem. By this point, when they come to me, they're in tears. They've already damaged their marriage. Their relationships with friends and family are sinking. Their kids don't feel like they matter. Their health is suffering. I mean, it's like it couldn't get any worse, right? And it's nonsense. We're literally killing ourselves for a company that will turn around tomorrow. And can you? Why? No, well, that's a question you have to ask yourself because a lot of women now are saying, I-, I don't know why. I don't know why I've been doing this and I'm not gonna do it any longer. And something has to change. Karen, help me out. Get me out of this situation. Help me make my corporate exit plan. And that's what we do. So if you're listening to this and you're a leader or you're in an organization, you're thinking, well, what can I do? Companies have got to get leaders some training in stress management and in overall leadership skills. And I'm amazed at how many organizations don't have this kind of training. And even if you do, it doesn't matter because I've worked at huge organizations that had amazing leadership training. The problem was all of that went out the window as soon as the numbers weren't being met, as soon as the targets weren't being hit, right? It was like, yeah, we can treat other people like crap. I'm stressed out in sales, so I'm going to blame it all on marketing. That's not how it works, right? Like you you can't have training and then not implement it, right? Then there's no point in having the training other than, again, it's a check the box, right? And it's not meaningful. So we've got to get to the top. This all starts at the top. That's how we're going to change the culture, right? So much of this could be avoided if the people at the top had a better way for dealing with their own stress and leading their team. Then the middle management wouldn't be getting all stressed and freaking out and treating their team like crap. So we got to look in the mirror, friends. It starts with you, right? Wherever you are on the corporate totem pole, you've got to look in the mirror and go, I, you might not be able to change the whole culture but maybe you can change the culture of your team. Are you treating your employees fairly? Are you giving them the resources and the support they need to do their job? Are you changing strategies and tactics every day and then wondering why nobody hits their goals? Are your targets even realistic? These are the kinds of questions you need to be asking yourself and answering so that you can take care of your own stress and then be able to help those beneath you or around you or above you who are stressed out unless you don't want to retain the talent. And that's okay too, because then you can just send your people my way and I'll help them move on. I'm here for it. All right. I know this was a little, as one of my clients would say, spicier episode, right? I didn't really hold too much back here, but I think these are the kinds of honest conversations we need to be having because there are a lot of people out there who don't want to get real about why female talent is leaving, right? They want to keep it very surface level. And so I think we got to go beneath the surface a little bit and we got to have some real talk if we want this to change. So quick recap, the four reasons why your female talent is leaving your organization is because one, they don't have meaningful work and it is your job to make sure that they do. So help them out. Two, you're making them come back to the office and they don't want to. So don't put this ridiculous, uh, I don't even know what to call it, mandate. Yeah, ridiculous mandate onto your employees. Treat them like adults. Three, there is no room for advancement. So you've got to get creative and figure out a way or help them move on. And four, bad leadership. We got too many leaders out there with mismanaged stress. They don't know how to manage it. And it's just making it worse for their employees, specifically female employees who end up getting the brunt of it because they typically don't speak up and talk back. Cause like I said, we don't want to be seen as troublemakers or we're too passionate or whatever, we're aggressive, all those things that show up in our performance appraisal that don't show up in men. So if you want to get serious about this and you want to reduce those retention costs and have a more diverse, high-performing team then you have got to address these four issues in 2024 and beyond. And if you're a woman that is ready to make her corporate exit, let's chat. Book an edit your life jumpstart call now, today, don't wait. And I will help you create your plan in six months or less, even if you have no idea where to start. You're like, I don't even know what I would do other than this job, Karen. I got you. I have a whole process for this. We'll help you figure it out. The link to book, via my Calendly scheduler will be below in the show notes. So make sure you click on that. And I can't wait to help you rock your reinvention. Until next time, everybody, stay fabulous. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're inspired to take action by committing to one of the tips or strategies we talked about in today's episode. And if you want accountability and support, I've got your back. Join my private Facebook group, Successful Working Women, Rocking Reinvention today. You'll find a community of like-minded women waiting to support you. Exclusive content and helpful resources to ensure you succeed. Lastly, if you loved this episode, do me a favor and be sure to leave a review. Together, we can encourage more women to live their purpose. See you next time.